The mystery of the Lord Jesus begins with the kenosis of the Son, and the fullness of time and outpouring of God takes place. In this descent or outpouring, the Son is born under the law, sharing our estrangement from God and our experience of death. The Son empties himself of his equality with God and is recognizable as a servant, indeed, a son of man. Christmas, which we have all gotten over, I suppose, by the grace of God, lies along this path from God to us, from the bosom of the Father to the womb of Mary. The outpouring defines the whole mystery of God, who is Trinity. The salutation, the Lord is with you, greets Mary in the name of the Lord of Israel. She is filled with anxiety, and not for the last time, but the messenger presses ahead. You shall bear a child, son of the Most High, a son who is royal, son of David, yet more than David, a son who reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his being. Mary's anxiety, as we know, is heightened. What shall I do? And her answer, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and the Son to be born of you will be called the Holy One, even the Son of God. The unity between Mary and the Holy Spirit is simply unprecedented. It accounts for her privileged place in the redemption, which perhaps a Catholic shorthand would refer to as the Immaculate Conception. We can contrast the Annunciation to Zechariah. His righteousness is rewarded. He is assured that God has heard his prayer. He is, after all, a priest attending to the daily rites of incense with God's messenger standing by him at the altar. Matters are quite different in the Annunciation to Mary. Nothing is said about her virtues or her prayer or her expectation. The appearance of the messenger is without preparation. She is apparently home in the humble circumstances of Nazareth, a place never before mentioned in all of Scripture. After all, what good can come from there? The whole scene takes place amid the ordinary rounds of daily life. In contrast with Zechariah, however, observance of the law is not rewarded. Instead, grace is proclaimed. Be it done to me as you say. And so the birth of the Son takes place under the sign of poverty. She gives birth to the poor Christ. The sign of Christmas, of the incarnation of the Word, is an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, a sign repeated in the case of scores of millions of infants up and down our history. But the sign of their poverty points to a solidarity with the poor, the least, the sick, and the abandoned, a solidarity with us. In this solidarity with us, Mary hastens to be with Elizabeth to help her give birth. And as she enters the house, Elizabeth greets her in the name of the church. Blessed are you who believed, for poverty and joy shape the form of Mary. In his circumcision and in his name, Jesus is admitted to the people of the covenant in which he is privileged to worship the Lord of hosts and participate in the ancient promises. A connection comes into view between circumcision, worship, and priesthood. It lies in the image of blood and circumcision, in the Passover lamb, and in covenant blood. Moses taught there is no forgiveness without blood, without its being shed. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read that Christ took his own blood once for all and entered the Holy of Holies. Similarly, the presentation in the temple, with its redemption of the firstborn male, looks ahead to the Passover lamb as substitution. Thus will the bond that stood against us be cancelled. Already the child realizes 
he must be about his father's business, yet he is ransomed with the offering of two turtle doves, the offering of the poor. The finding of the 12-year-old child in the temple orients us away from his parents to the father. Once again, Mary is anxious because her son is lost. But the child moves from the temple of Mary to the great temple, the place of his father's glory. There, he will teach the mystery of the kingdom and of the father's love and faithfulness. Meanwhile, however, we follow Jesus' return to Nazareth, where he was obedient to his parents and where he grew in wisdom, grace, and strength. Nazareth, Nazareth gives us an important spirituality, that of the ordinary, the family, learning a trade, being a good neighbor, customary attendance in the synagogue. In our day, the one who celebrated the spirituality of Nazareth was Charles de Foucauld, who lived in Nazareth, worked there, and prayed there.